What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the big show. We got all three of the boys here, Alex, Ethan, Corey, bringing you the best of Big Ten football. And just because it's the offseason does not mean that we stop. There's still plenty of stuff to talk about and get excited about. We've got National Signing Day review today. We're going to look at the class rankings, transfer portal, immediate impact guys. Uh, We're going to talk about the schools that we'd commit to if we were five-star players, which were, were either of you two? Were either of you two five star, four star guys coming out of school? I can't, I can't remember. No, no, I was, I, I, you know, I, if it wasn't for that injury, that I actually had. do. You, do you want to know a story? It's real quick. I promise. It's really quick. Oh yeah, let's let's. So let's I got it. a walk on preferred walk on spot at Cornerstone, which is where I I played baseball at Cornerstone very horribly, but I still played. Um, and I had a tryout. Talk to a coach. He's like, yeah, you'd probably be like a walk-on, like walk-on guy here. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I ended up going to Cornerstone, and I show up for the first day of practice, and everybody has a locker except me. The head coach had no clue that I was coming at all. And so, like, I was like, hey, oh, like, no. uh, I'm Corey. Like, like Coach Millar said, like, I, like you know, like I have this spot. And he's like, oh, okay. So, like, I feel like there's a part of me that, like. I wasn't supposed to get a spot, but because I was such a nice kid that they let me on the team anyway. So that's that's kind of my college athletics experience in a nutshell right there. So no, I was not a five star. Like it, it's <laughs> it's not funny. It's a little bit sad. <laughs> Trust me. Trust sad. me. I, I understand. I very much understand. <clears throat> I always forget, Corey, that you played sports in college. Yeah, that you were a collegiate athlete. It was you uh, were. for a brief month. It was awesome because I was hitting the cover off the ball, and then for the majority of the time, it was like, "Why does this kid play baseball?" <laughs> uh, yeah, those those who can't play coach, and then those who can't coach make podcasts and work at ESPN and twenty four seven Sports. <laughs> so we're in we're in I that coach. category. We can't. <laughs> And then every now and then somebody takes somebody off of the panel from like ESPN or something like that. And then Jeff Saturday happens at yes. Indianapolis, which they're talking Maybe. about retaining him, which is just like, I can't wrap my brain around that. The only thing more embarrassing in, in that state is the University of Indiana football team, which we will get to because they're probably going to be dog poop. <laughs> Like really light it on fire in a bag on my porch, dog poop. But let's get into it already. Uh, National Signing Day happened last week, and the rankings are in. We know, for the most part, outside of a few stragglers, who are the new faces on each of these teams. So nice, easy segue here. We're going to start at the bottom with Indiana. They came in with a national class rank of 67, bottom bottom floor in the Big Ten. But they had a nice transfer rating, actually. Their transfer rating was 9. So I feel like they did that last year, too. They brought in a ton mm-hmm. of transfer players last year. They're going to need a few of those guys to hit for them to play respectable football. Can I, can I just chime in about this really quick? Because this is where the ratings start to bother me about transfers. Because if you are getting transfers that are 
covering specific needs that you know your team has, then, like, sure, you can improve an area where you're already decent or something like that. But I feel like unless you truly have a strategy behind your transfer portal, then you being ranked number nine, like, cool, that's great. But that doesn't mean that you've actually improved your team. And I'll give you I'll give you a couple of examples within the Big Ten. You had Michigan State, the 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 first real year of like the the transfer rule and everything. They get Kenneth Walker in there and become a juggernaut in the Big Ten. They filled so many holes so well on that team, including their running back, and were able to make themselves a contender in the Big Ten. And then you had the very next season, Michigan, do it and get the number one center in the country after losing one of the best centers in the country to the draft and seamlessly transitioned into having the best offensive line in the Big Ten, in the country, I'm sorry. They're the only team in the history to win that award in back-to-back seasons. And that was in large part because of the transfer portal. So when you have the number nine ranked transfer class, I need to see that equate into on-field play, just like a recruiting class. I want to see that trans- like transform your team on the field. And with Indiana, like you said, Alex, they had a fairly high rating last season. Did that transfer anywhere close to onto the field? Like, no, no. it didn't. No. So, uh, like, I, I want to give them kudos for that, but at the same time, I, I'm sorry. Like, I would... Well, the good, thing, the good thing for Indiana, the good thing for Indiana with what you're saying about having a strategy going into the transfer portal is they they need everyone. True. So whoever they got in the So portal, that was the point I was actually going to get to, is the fact that, like, well, I guess if you're Indiana... You need to improve everywhere. So <laughs> every little bit helps. They got four far, four stars in the transfer, but their average player rating is only like eighty seven point five. So like no one's coming in and lighting the world on fire at, at Indiana football. Corey, you're a hometown in not hometown, but you're in Indiana. Any uh, any additional thoughts on Hoosier Nation? Uh, I'm gonna say something. These people don't care about football, not even a little. Purdue. Indiana, and this is the weird thing, like most Purdue and Indiana fans who are like diehard like basketball people will be like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll check in on Notre Dame. That, that ain't going to fly in the state of Michigan or literally anywhere else, frankly. At like, a, like maybe like Ohio State people like will root for like Ohio as like Michigan and Michigan State fans will like pick like a Western or an Eastern or a Central, whatever it may be. These people do not care. They do not care if their team is hot garbage or if their team is in the Big Ten Championship, and we've seen that on very many different levels. So, cool. I wish they would because I think Purdue has a decent future. Um, But until they start caring, uh, I don't think the schools are going to care either. Yeah, Connor Bazelak is transferring away from Indiana. He's going to Bowling Green. A.J. Barner, probably their biggest weapon at tight end, is going to Michigan. So there's going to be a lot of new faces at key positions. Grant Grimmel, who was also in their quarterback room, is transferring away to somewhere, TBD. 
Uh, Jack Tuttle, who was in their QB room, is transferring to Michigan. So, like, their QB room is almost empty right now. I forget who the guy is that came in and played in relief for um, for Bayslack last year. I actually thought he showed some spark against Ohio State. I thought he showed some juice. But, you know, who knows when you get actually handed the full-time job what you end up doing. So, bottom line, though, Indiana is not expected to do much again next year. And doesn't look like they helped themselves very much with the 67th ranked class in terms of incoming freshmen. So we'll see if any transfers pop for them, but highly doubt it. They got, they got quantity in the, their transfer class, not necessarily a whole lot of high end quality. Let's go from Indiana to Purdue, a school not far down the road. Their class rank came in at 66 nationally and their transfer rank was 59th. Not very good across the board for them. And you give them a little bit of a leeway because of Ryan Walters coming in. A coaching change will always do that to you. Definitely have uh, definitely have a ways to go, though, to prove themselves and follow up what was a Big Ten championship game appearance for them, which was just the pinnacle of Purdue football over the last few years. I will say this, and I'll try to keep the comments to minimum about Purdue because everybody knows I'm – this is the team that I follow closely, just given the circumstances. Um, I think that could be a little bit deceiving, both of these rankings, because A, you got your quarterback. So like as Ethan was saying, like you have to figure out which holes you need to fill. Um, and Hudson Card, I, I mean, he wasn't a, a game changer per se in the Big 12 at Texas. He could be a game changer in the Big 10 West. And I don't think that that's – if you've watched him play, he's a gamer, okay? I mean, he, I don't want to say he got that dog in him because it's so overused and like it's not like tangible. Um, but he made some big plays for Texas um, before, you know, another guy who was better than him came in. But it, he just needs a shot someplace. And Purdue could be that shot. And given the fact that if there is one thing that Purdue knows how to do well, it's develop small slot wide receivers. It seems like every year they have a replacement for like a Rondell Moore type of player. And now they have a they have a pretty good running back too in the midst there. So you have some pieces on that offense that um, could surprise some people. And are they going to repeat as Big Ten Division West champions? No, they're not going to. But with Hudson Carr there and maybe some more development out of Maccabee and other these other skill position players, you could, you could see this team develop a bit faster than people think. I, I think this is... The, the more I see what's happening at Purdue, the more I really do think that they are in for three straight years of fighting to make a bowl game. And I know that sucks coming off winning the West, but you won the West because it was horrible. Like one of the worst divisions in power. It was probably the worst division in power five. Yeah, it probably. Was- awful and like you won and and I know we joked around about this like during the season and all that kind of stuff and you know Corey loved to be like they won they they won it but like at the same time like if we're if we're if we're being serious that this is a team that like yes you were the best of the worst but you just lost your coach, your starting QB. Like they have to, they have to do so much. And their class was not good. 
So I, I, I don't know. I, I really do think that there's a chance that they are bottom three in the Big Ten West for the next four straight seasons. I would. I think there's always a chance of that because Ryan Walters could be a big swing and miss. It's just TBD on whether or not that's the truth. Uh, I think Corey brought up the one shining star in Hudson Card coming in at quarterback. Um, he's got a pretty high rating on 24-7, and he's a little bit – he's more of a mobile guy than uh, than Aiden O'Connell was at least. So we'll see if he can do anything, him and Maccabee at the skill positions. But uh, still a lot of transformation that needs to happen at Purdue because there was a lot of sloppy football, and you've got Luke Fickle coming in and Matt Rule – the the coaching has been elevated. So Ryan Walters has his work cut out for him, but I don't think anyone is expecting anything big from Purdue for a couple of years at least. So speaking of Luke Fickle, let's go to Wisconsin. Class rank of 58, transfer portal, portal rank of 15, which I was a little bit surprised by the 58. I, I know coaching changes, like we said, with Purdue will we'll do that. But I thought the name of Luke Fickle would give them a little bit more momentum to end the class better. But from what I've seen so far from Wisconsin uh, Twitter and Instagram, their 2024 class is looking really, really nice. They've got a few key guys from in-state that have have committed and are staying there. And so there are things to look forward to. In Wisconsin, uh, transfer rank of 59. I think when you look at their transfers, you got to look at the quarterback position, right? Which let me get over. Uh, let me get over to Wisconsin. Transfer, transfer rank class. was 59. Yep, 59. Wow, I find that so hard to believe with a new coach coming in, with like a high end coach coming in. That's crazy. But I, I just. Really quick, I, I, I give a, I give Wisconsin a complete and total pass on recruiting this year. When you when you change coaches, I give you a total pass. And I I want to I want to say this. I I do the same thing for Purdue. Like you have a new coach coming in, but the the expectations of your team as a whole are what kind of define how I'm talking about you. And for Wisconsin, I think they have the ability to just to be good this year and then next year, like you were just saying, I would not be surprised if their class ends up finishing like number 10, somewhere around there, somewhere in like the 10 to 15 range. I would not be surprised one bit. Yeah. I think the expectation is for that to be a top 20 class at worst, but you you look at these transfers from Wisconsin, they have a few, gems in this class that could really really make a splash for them cj williams is a wide receiver they got from usc he would be the highest ranked recruit at wide receiver that wisconsin ever got to come to the program and they're getting him as a transfer with playing experience already when was the last time we talked about wisconsin having a difference maker at receiver cj could be that guy uh they got two quarterbacks in the portal one is Braden Locke. Uh, another one is Tanner Mordecai. Actually, no, they got three. Nick Evers, too, from Oklahoma. I think this QB battle is going to be super, super fun to watch. Nick Evers was a four-star coming out of high school, committed to Oklahoma. Tanner Mordecai is coming from SMU. And last year at SMU, 
threw for 3,500 yards, 33 touchdowns, only 10 INTs. QBR was only 67. But still, he threw for 33 touchdowns. And no, yes, listen, Tanner SMU, Mordecai. I get Tanner, it. No, 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 no. Tanner Mordecai, he is that dude. He can I'm throw telling you, I'm telling you, you watch highlights of this kid, he can sling the biscuit. I mean, he can sling it. So, with and listen, moving from the coaching staff of SMU to Luke Fickle and being in his offensive scheme, I think you could really see him pop off. And I and having I, a really good running game to go. I with kind it. of expect I kind of expect him to win that starting position. I don't trust all American Conference quarterback transfers ever. I never trust them ever again. Simply for two words. John O'Corn. I don't care if they're different players. I do not care. It's like the it's like the misconception of oh Ohio State quarterbacks will never be any good in the NFL. I don't care. I can't do it. I, I can't. I gotta see it. I gotta see it before I buy in. They have to produce before I make any judgments. I can't do it. Can't do it. The good thing about Wisconsin, though, is they, they never asked their quarterbacks to do a whole lot. Like, Braylon Allen is still there. He's going to be one of the probably top 15 running backs in the country at worst. And if they can beef up that offensive line and get better play from them, which they got a couple of offensive line transfers from Cincinnati. Luke Fickle brought some boys over, and they're Louie, to quote Deion Sanders. But... If they can get that offensive line play up, C.J. Williams making plays, Tanner Mordecai, like we are painting the perfect picture, but it is in the realm of possibility for that to happen and for them to pop One off. final comment, and I think this speaks to why their rankings this season are so low. I think it's because Luke Fitch- Luke Fitchell. Luke Fickle is such a different coach from what Wisconsin is used to having. You know, look at Paul Christ, look at uh, who was there before. Uh, Paul Christ seems like he was he was there forever, but if you like, it's it was Brett Brett Bielema. Yeah, it was. You look at those guys; they have a completely different coaching style than Luke Fickle. You have the the traditional ground and pound game of Wisconsin football, and Luke Fickle in Cincinnati was you know kind of a high octane offense. So, uh, I think just the pipeline of players that you had constantly going to Wisconsin lose their like pipeline coach not necessarily like just Paul Chris guys but that type of coach I think you're going to be like oh well they're changing the way that I knew Wisconsin football I think that has to play in some effect yeah I agree 100 percent it it is gonna it is gonna take a uh, a huge effect it's gonna have a huge effect on Wisconsin football Next up is Rutgers, ranked one spot ahead of Wisconsin with a class rank of 57. Their transfer class, five commits, but zero like total class points. If you're familiar with how 24-7 does their rankings and they accumulate points, associate points with different players, and then that's how you get your class ranking is how many points you accumulated. Five commits and zero points. So, so no one in this transfer class is coming in and – making a splash for Rutgers, for Rutgers football. I mean, there's really not much. Shocked. (laughs) Shocked. It's Rutgers football. Like, I hate that you're in the Big Ten. There. 
There you go. For all the Rutgers out there, the Rutgers fans out there that aren't listening to this podcast, I can't stand the fact that you are in my conference. Uh, there you listen, go. You want some realness? I'm saying what everyone else here is thinking. I wish you weren't here. A whole you're like that uncle. You're like that uncle at the Christmas party that everybody's just like, gosh, like sweet Jesus. Could you just not show up for once? Could you just not show up? I hate you. Like, that's how I feel about you. I hate you. Everyone here hates you. We all hate you. Just leave. Just leave. We are not a Big Ten conference podcast. We are a Big Ten football podcast. So by just that standard alone, yes. What is what is Rutgers doing here? Like, it makes zero sense. But Just leave. You're like Northwestern. They, just they leave. They can't because they – they're the New York market. They get the Big Ten from East Coast to West Coast. And now they've developed a pretty decent basketball program, too. It's going to finish top. We have Maryland for East Coast to West no, Coast. But, no, but Rutgers is the New York market. And that's big. I keep hearing that Rutgers mm-hmm. is the New York market. Yeah. Who in New Who York, in New York, York It doesn't matter. Football. New Jersey, and it, they're interchangeable. Yeah, and guess what? Every good player from New Jersey goes to Michigan. So good. that's fine. That's low key. That's true. Fine. I don't care. Jabril Peppers, Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary. Where are they all? Where Where do they why go? Is, are they at Rutgers? A, you see them at Rutgers. Why is New Jersey such a football hotbed? Why? I don't get it. Because it has it has it has really good. First of all, they have a bajillion people who live yeah. there, so you're gonna have some kids who are good at football. And high school football, they actually have really good high school football there. Interesting. Hey guys, don't don't forget though, Rutgers, the the birthplace it of is, college football. It is the birthplace. Yes. Okay. So they have that going the, for them. It is actually the birthplace and the hey, deathbed of college football. Hey, hey, Rutgers, I still hate you. Please leave. Their basketball team. The is end. Nasty, though. Okay, next team. Yeah, they are. Well, you're not you're not gonna like this either. The next team is Northwestern with a class rank of 46. And they also only got one commit in the transfer portal, zero points associated oh with that player. So Who's their head coach? Who's their head coach? Fitzgerald. Pat Fitzgerald. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Not a fan. Oh. Did I make it seem that way? Oh. <laughs> huh. Guys, I need I need to talk about them. Because obviously they. How many games did they win in the U.S. this past season? Zero. Okay. Oh, that's why. That's why I need to talk about them because I called my shot with them last year. I thought they were going to be good. I lost multiple bets because of my faith in Northwestern. They are losing Skaronski, who's probably going to be the first offensive lineman taken in the NFL draft. They are losing Evan Hull, their star running back. They are losing Cam Mitchell. Their defensive back, their best defensive back. Guys, Northwestern is going to be so bad. They are going to be horrific next year. It is going like you thought they were bad this year. It might look worse. It might look worse. You, you see, here's the thing. That that would be a total Northwestern move for them to be good this year like bowl eligible when i mean because that's just like it doesn't make any sense why 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 are they competitive in games nobody knows it's just 
just because. And I don't, I can't give you any other in-depth analysis other than that. If Northwestern, listen, and I'm going to add a caveat to this. If Northwestern wins a bowl game in this upcoming season, I will jump into a lake of your, of the two of your choosing, butt naked. Whoa, at any time? At, no, not at any time. Or can I say what? December? Can you do it in December? Ethan already has to do a cold Ooh, plunge for the fantasy tough. football. Which I almost punishment. which I almost did tonight. I almost filled up my bathtub with ice water. That doesn't count. Does not count. I told you. Oh, that doesn't count, but jumping into a warm ocean, that counts. That also doesn't count. We're getting into personal vendettas here. This, mm. this is, this is I, not what the, the, only, the only intelligent piece of analysis I can give you for Northwestern. Northwestern has a similar problem to Michigan, as in the academic standards are so high. So to get a transfer. But they also have a lot more problems than just Correct. That. And their football team is bad, so nobody even wants to go there. So not only can nobody at least Michigan, get in, at least Michigan is willing to cheat a yeah, little. Yeah, and not only can nobody get in, nobody <laughs> wants to come to Northwestern. Yeah, but they're playing at Wrigley Field hey. this year, so that's going to be cool. Kinda. I was just going to mention that they get to play at Wrigley, which they I get think to lose at Wrigley. I, they could be playing. They could be playing Senorita. Uh, Gypsies, I don't even know. It's, it's, who, it's in school of they, the blind, guys, it's, and they're going to lose at Wrigley it's Field in November. Can we make a big t- or uh, the big show like live appearance there and report live? All three of us, please. Let's go. Uh, I, I think they would lose if they played the Cubs in yes, football. Yes, <laughs> true, yes, they true. Would. They would. All right, let's hop off of Northwestern and move on to Minnesota. Class rank of 44 nationally, transfer class rank of 34. I think everything for Minnesota is just kind of up in the air right now. Like, they're losing all of the literal men who played football there for four-plus years. And Tanner Morgan and Mo Ibrahim, like, those are the two names that we've associated with Minnesota football for almost a lifetime is what it feels like. And now you've got, like... Ethan Kilimanjaro at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're actually losing Span Ford at tight end, I believe. I think he declared for the draft. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Uh, but just a lot of question marks for Minnesota. So you wonder who's going to step up for them. Ethan's probably going to be the starting QB. But a lot of unknowns for them in terms of who's coming in and, and going to be a dude and fill in those big shoes. I don't think they're going to be very good. Ibrahim was him. He was he was an unbelievable player. Um, their only hope is if uh, Kilimanjaro, and that's not even his name. It's Kiliman. It's Kilimankis, or it's it's Kaliak. Yeah, Kaliak Manis. Yeah. There, there's their only hope is if like flex guys can come in and actually be flex guys and. That starts with the quarterback. I thought there was a lot of promise there. He did play pretty well in the second half of the year, but I think he messed up his knee in the bowl game as well, which prompted Tanner Morgan to come back in. Um, but I, I agree with you, Alex. I don't think there's anything else to say other than we have no clue what this team is going to look like. It is completely up in the air. I need to see 
a full-on P.J. Fleck row the boat miracle this season because he went to Minnesota with such high expectations and has been so mid since getting there. Hold on. You said you believe that he's a better football coach than James Franklin. I, and I do. And this is why – can I can I finish my point, please? No, you're okay. bad and you should feel bad. Okay. I am expecting him – I am expecting P.J. Fleck to get everything out of this team this season because I, I don't know – I don't know if it's just the situation or whatever or being in Minnesota and it just not being the right market or whatever – but this needs to be like the last hoorah. This needs to be either put up or shut up type season for PJ Fleck in Minnesota where, hey, we tried this out and it didn't work or, oh my gosh, like we did hire the right guy. That's how I need to feel at the end of this season. Because yeah, they got it. Go ahead. I, I, I just, I need that Western Michigan, like, season where it's just like who are these players but they're just so good I need that and I need PJ Fleck to lead that and I think uh Kilimanjaro whatever his name is I think he's actually a pretty good quarterback and I think that he can he can actually do some things within PJ Fleck's system so I'm really interested to see what Minnesota is able to do this year because you, you don't have Ibrahim to lean on anymore. And a lot of people are expecting you to take a major step back. I want to see them become like, I want to see you out of nowhere win 10 games. That's fair. Yeah, they're another player we failed to mention. They're just stud of a center who started a million games for them. John Michael Schmitz is going to the NFL too. He's going to be one of the top centers drafted. So very, very key positions for them on the offensive line and at running back and at quarterback. That is just the lifeblood of that offense, of any offense. So just question marks up and down the board, and you got to see who fills in those spots. Not to stick too long on Minnesota, but I, I have a hypothetical question for you. Not really a hypothetical question, but just an open-ended question. Because Minnesota, I think, is like tied or near the top for the longest active bowl winning streaks right now in all of division one football. So if you are a Gophers fan, what do you want out of this team? Because PJ Fleck has at least in the bowl sense has been nothing but successful. What do you want? Do you want a perennial uh, division contender or do you want a good team all the time? I think you want, I think if, I were a fan and I knew the Big Ten West was as bad as it was. I think I would want a perennial division That's contender. Fair. I think I think you're in the you're in the right there. But still, like it's it, I, I side a little bit with Ethan because they have been successful since the second he's been there, if you want to take it at that standard. But did you hire him to be at that standard or do you hire him to take a step above? And if he can't do it when the divisions are this bad, then when will he? Super, super, super disappointed that they didn't win the Big Ten West this past season. And they should have. Especially with how bad it was. They should have. 
It was their division to win, and they didn't do it. You know who they couldn't beat. Which is why I need – yeah, uh, I'm just – I agree with you. Corey, you said it very well. Yeah, they blew out Michigan State last year, and everything just kind of spiraled downward after that. Of course, at the time, we didn't realize how bad Michigan State was, but still, that game – from that game forward for a couple of weeks, I thought Minnesota had the West mm-hmm. in hand and slipped through their fingers. Next one up, Illinois, national class rank of 43, a transfer class rank of 45. These are two teams in the same chapter of the same book. Every important position is getting replaced. Tommy DeVito at quarterback. No eligibility left for that guy. He he ran out. He ran the barrel dry. Uh, Chase Brown at running back. He gone. Uh, Sidney Brown. The, his twin, stud safety, he gone. I believe Weatherspoon declared for the draft as well. So their secondary, which was one of the best in the entire country, is pretty depleted. And Ryan Walters, who was the architect of that secondary, started out as a DB's coach. He's now at Purdue. So, again, same story. Bielema's got to pull some rabbits out of his hat uh, if he wants to maintain the success he had last year. but. Similar story to Minnesota. I don't think any of us are actually expecting them to repeat what they did last year or to be contenders in the West, given what they lost. Uh, I mean, I'm a little disappointed in the fact that they had that much success and they are now at the bottom of the Big Ten recruitment rankings. You would think if you had a guy like Bielema who has a proven track record in this conference and then almost instantly had success, that they would be able to build off of that. But they kind of just stuck in the same level you know what I mean because Bielema still is I think the only coach outside of Harbaugh and Day to win multiple Big Ten championships active right now in the conference Um, and outside of a I mean Illinois shot themselves in the foot but they were close if something I mean if Moody misses a kick right they're they're in contention to go play in the Big Ten championship game this or this past season. So uh, to sure. see how close they were, I know that they're going to lose a ton of players, but DeVito wasn't a game breaker at all. You had a essentially a Heisman trophy candidate at running back, but as you and I talked about a couple weeks ago, running back is somewhat easy to replace, somewhat um depending on the offensive line situation, correct. yeah. Um and if you saw if you're a running back either transfer or recruit, and you saw the success that Illinois had with Chase Brown, why wouldn't you look into that a little bit more? I don't know. But I am personally a little disappointed. I thought Illinois could build off of that, but they didn't. Yeah, they don't have a super highly ranked running back in their true freshman 2023 class. Um, They did get Luke Altmeyer from Ole Miss to transfer in at quarterback, uh, and he's eligible immediately. So he could be a guy that comes in and just fills that DeVito role right away. Running back, not seeing anyone whose name pops off the uh, pops off the screen, but we'll see. Again, lots of lots of unknowns for a couple of these middle of the road teams, and a lot of big shoes to fill with guys who have been there a long, long, long time and have been staples of those rosters. Now we start to get into some of the big boys, or at least some teams that. Maybe the expectations are a little bit higher. 
And let's start with Iowa, where they've raised the expectations up to 25 points a game, fellas. <laughs> That's the bar. That's the bar for Brian oh Ferentz and company. That's that's what success looks like for the Iowa offense. They come in with a class rank of forty, and then a uh, of forty, and then a transfer class rank of forty-two. I was surprised that that transfer class rank was so low with Cade and Eric all being a part of it, but must not be. Who a else lot did they get? Those two guys. Who else did they get? Uh, it must not have been a lot. Let me see. Uh, I'll pull them up. But why don't you guys I, just I, talk I, about? I have it pulled up. It's nobody. The answer yeah, to the six question total is commits. Yeah. The answer is no one. Like yeah, they got congrats. an offensive lineman from Miami of Ohio. Yeah, and you're uh, already offensive line. You in in the Big Ten, so yeah. doesn't matter. Like, it, oh, so I, I'm sorry. I am so done with Iowa and the whole Ferentz family and their like you you're just I expect them I expect Iowa to win seven games this season. Wow. Wow. You have the worst offensive coordinator in power five football. History. And you didn't fire him. History. Power. Name, name name someone worse, I can't. please. I'm I waiting. Can't. No, I agree with you. With the talent, with the talent that they that he had, no one did a worse job in the country with Thank the talent you. that he had. Thank you. And I'm not even trying to say like Spencer <clears throat> Petrus is a super talented guy, but like with the recruits that you should be bringing in no, for I, I just, an Iowa level football program. I I I'm sorry. I, it, it's unacceptable. I was, I, the fact that you're keeping that staff together, you're gonna suck. And you know what, Iowa, you deserve it. I, I, I'm starting to really hate Iowa, and, and it's not because of it is not because of the people or anything like that or the players. It's because of the ineptitude of keeping. You're keeping the worst position coach, and it 100 is because it is your head coach's son, who I already have said you need to get rid of. Have I not said that on multiple different occasions? That Ferentz oh, needs to go. We've all said it. We've all said it. And, and, and so I, I'm sorry. Until further notice, Iowa, I'm done with you. So you guys go ahead. You talk about this. Oh, Cade and Eric all are coming, and they're going to be a great quarterback and tight end duo, and blah blah blah. No, they're not. No, they're not. There's because I think I said it. You you I don't think I said you it don't have last a weeks. You don't have a running game. You don't have an offensive scheme. You don't have an offensive game plan. Your passing game is horrible. It's so bad. So I, I just I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Go ahead. Corey. Uh, I just I would just like to say that I think the reason that all these rankings are so low is that uh, Kirk Ferentz just uh, graduated from a flip phone to uh, an Android, um, and he started scouting not using the 50 pound uh, printed book football almanac. Um, and he's now finally into the modern day game. Um, so give him some time. Okay. He's, 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 he's making some strides. They are 10 years late, but you know what? He knows what they are now. He knows how to use the internet. Okay. He knows, he knows, he knows what TikTok is now. Okay. 
So, you know, I'll just give them some time and then maybe they'll maybe they'll figure it out. I their offense can't be worse. Can it? It's impossible to be worse. I'd also like to point out that this like performance objective of 25 points per game as far as I can tell just says points per game. Like not specific to the offense. And we know how much their defense scored last how year. How did they win a so bowl game? They could. How did they win that bowl game? It makes no sense. I mean, Kentucky was also playing with no one, but but Iowa's defense was the best unit on the field all day. But they were the best offensive unit on the field all day on on both teams. Iowa's defense, golly, oh lord, Terry. I think on a big banner in Iowa's locker room, they just have the best offense is a good oh, defense, 100%. and they just stick how, to it. How how do stick you get? It. How do you go to a school like that, at like Iowa, if you're an offensive player? How you don't? I was listening to an interview that Cade McNamara was doing, and he said that. Like he was like, I love that people are talking trash about our offense. Like it makes me want to go there even more and prove them wrong. And he said he was talking to coaches and how they want to change things and blah blah blah. And he was like, I'm excited. Like I'm I'm ready for the challenge. Which like, kudos to you, Cade. You know, bravo. Brian Ferentz is not not changing a lot. I can guarantee you that. I wish Cade nothing but the best. Go do you, but I, I, the cards are stacked against you. But they've been stacked against him for his whole career. So we'll see what happens. Yes, we will see. All right, next one up, Maryland. Class rank of 36, transfer rank of 16. The biggest news of the offseason for them is that Talia is coming back for another year. So immediately makes them a competitive football team, to say the least, in, uh, in the Big Ten. They also, their transfer class was pretty good. Like, they got a few four-star transfers. Uh, they got one at wide receiver. They got a four-star transfer at offensive tackle, which we know they had a lot of offensive line woes last year. A four-star transfer at safety and another four-star transfer at corner. So, some pretty key positions in modern-day football, like offensive line and secondary. Can you protect your quarterback so he has some time to throw? And can you prevent other teams from doing it? They have Roman Hemby, who was just lightning in a bottle, man. He was a a big play waiting to happen last last year. So I I still have to see them clean up mistakes because last year they were one of the tops in the country in penalties. Uh, again, the offensive line was not great. So can Loxley button up some things there and make that team surprise some people? We'll see, but it seems like they've got a few of the a few of the players in place to do that. They are the reigning Duke Mayo Bowl champions, um, so I have high expectations for them. Um, listen, this is Maryland's year to do something. You have your senior and veteran quarterback. Uh, you have some really great playmakers, and honestly, we saw what Maryland could do if they could simply limit shooting themselves in the foot. It is all self-inflicted wounds for Maryland football, or it seemingly has been the biggest reason why they haven't seen any success. Um, in the- Corey just, I, I, I mean, Corey, you couldn't nail it on the head any better than that. Like the, if they can reduce their penalties by a third next season, which obviously you want to reduce it by even more sure. than that, but. Goodness gracious, did this team find a way to just 
obliterate themselves in so many different games this past season. Like you okay. just. So I, I want to see, I want to gauge the temperature in the room when it comes to Maryland expectations, because they do have the very unfortunate reality of, of being playing in, the in a division yeah. of being in the East. They have Ohio state, Michigan, and Penn state. Who's going to be really freaking good next year. So I'm looking at their schedule right now. I think success for Maryland, I don't think you expect to finish better or be better than Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. And I think that's fine. I think that's fine. You can still have a successful season and finish can behind I, those teams. Can I just but say something really quick? One one second. I'm looking at their, their schedule. I think Maryland, you need to beat Michigan State. You need to beat Indiana, Illinois, Northwestern. And then one and of the Nebraska. big three. One of the big three. And one of the big three. And that's a really freaking awesome season, man. That is a really good yep. season for Maryland. I was going to say that if they win 10 games, including the bowl game, really, really good season. Great year for them. Really, and then really you can good truly season. say, then you can truly say, oh, Loxley, he, he's, he's our he guy. can be our guy. And it has to guy. come. It has to come. With di- because obviously expectations can change, so if you end up with if they do end up with a ten win season, including a bowl game, but it's like they gifted a game to somebody with penalties or something like that. I, I'm probably honestly I'm going to be like, look what could have been, you know? Because right. if you can make it, if you can make it an eleven win season, if you own if you're only two losses. And and I'm not looking at their non-conference currently, but if your only two losses are to say Michigan and Ohio State, or you know uh, Michigan and Penn State, so something like that, like a mixture of whatever two of those teams that you want to put together, and then you beat one of them, and those are your only two regular season losses, and you're staring down the barrel of being able to win eleven games. I, I'm telling you, like Maryland, Maryland has the potential more than maybe anyone else outside of the top three teams in in the Big Ten to do something like really, really incredible because of the level of play that you can get from your quarterback, which is huge in college football. Huge. They play and, they play each of Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State and get two of them at home. Win one of those at home. Win one of those home games. You have you have to. Who do they play at home? They play Ohio State and Penn State at home. Michigan at home. And Penn State. Yeah, win one of those games. Yep. And win one of those and games. Penn State and Maryland kind of have a rivalry. So I think depending on what happens and at what point of the year that game is at, um, you could get some extra motivation uh, as well. From the Terrapins. I do not want to see you be a seven-win no. team. Definitely not. Definitely no not. No chance. Can't Tua, to, uh, I'm sorry. Not Tua. Talia. Uh, Talia is not coming back to be a part of a seven-win team. I, I'm sorry. That, that cannot be your expectation if you're a Maryland fan. If you are a Maryland fan, your expectation needs to be, I want to see 10 wins. I want to see a 10 and something at the end of the season. Ten and yeah, three. the floor. The floor for the regular season has to be nine and three, with yes. your three losses being the three peak teams. Hundred percent. 
I agree. I, I think we're all in agreement with that. Is that, yeah. I, I mean, are we all there with Maryland? Definitely. Because if, if Talia is coming back, it is to be a 10 win football team. It is to win double digit games. Absolutely. All right. Next up on the list, Nebraska with a class rank of 24, a transfer rank of 21. Nebraska, you're looking at their transfers. They've got three guys coming in from Georgia, one a defensive end, one an offensive tackle. Um, they've got uh, Jeff Sims coming in to challenge for the quarterback spot, the guy from Georgia Tech who's got just wheels for days. I think the only question to be asked for Nebraska, do you think they can win the West next year? No, but I want you to be in the conversation in the last three weeks. I want your name to be, I want you to be on the graphic for the last three weeks of the season. Like three weeks from the end of the regular season, I want your name on that graphic. I think that's a very reasonable expectation to have for Matt Rule in his first year. Yeah, I'd love to see, I would love to see eight or nine wins out of this team. Isn't Georgia Tech like very like, run heavy like triple option right they are but i think that that tells me with matt rules offensive mind and his creativity the guy's going to see the field in some sure. capacity it could be just some gadget packages but he's going to see because well, what made nebraska football nebraska football it was like that like what the triple wishbone offense or whatever the heck it was wishbone, yeah, the offense. wishbone offense the wishbone do they go back to that not saying entirely, no. but do they go back to their roots, quote unquote? Not to bring Michigan. Well, look what I was just about to say. Look what Jim Harbaugh has done with Michigan, really getting back to the basics. You know, yeah, yeah, and just well, not 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 necessarily the basics. Just what made Jim Harbaugh a great coach was coaching his style of of team, and he tried to adapt to the college spread offense when he came back to Michigan after leaving Stanford for the NFL. When he came back, he tried to adapt to the game instead of just bringing, forcing his style of football down your throat. And guess what? I have said this to the two of you multiple different times. Michigan, not a fun team to watch play unless you're a fan of Michigan Mm -hmm. for most games. They just wear teams down. Like the Michigan-Michigan State game this past season – was a horrible game to watch. Most boring blowout win over a rival. So I've ever seen. so boring. But as soon as Michigan turned the ball over early, I was sitting at the fifty yard line with Corey, and I looked over at him and I said, "Jim Harbaugh is about to take over this game, and it's going to get really ugly." I did. As soon as that, as soon as that turnover happened, I was like, "Jim Harbaugh now has the reins, and this game is going to be hideous." But we're going to win. So that's fine. Uh, and it was – I watch, you watch the highlights of that game, and it's like, oh, yikes. <laughs> but we won. And that that that's what Nebraska needs to get back to. Play Matt Rule football. And listen, the guy, the guy has great offensive instincts. He's a really good offensive coach. Like, just do what you're good at. Stick to what you're good at. Recruit to what you were good at. That – that is the success that Jim Harbaugh is now having. He's recruiting tight ends, right? Mm. Look at how many tight ends Michigan is running out onto the field on some plays. Luke Scudamaker, Colston Loveland, 
Eric All, like all of those guys playing really, really he important. Out, he went out to Iowa games. or Idaho to get that to get Colson. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, get, stick to your roots. Stick to what made you good. And to your point about recruiting in general, last thing we'll say about Nebraska, then we'll wrap it up. For them to go through a coaching change and come in with the 24th ranked recruiting class nationally and the fifth best recruiting class in the Big Ten, very, very impressive. Listen, Rutgers was – or Rutgers, excuse me. I said I was going to say it in my head. Nebraska was desperate to find a winner. They went and got a proven successful coach in Matt Rule. They threw all the money in the world at him, and now even before he stepped in the field, is starting to reap in those benefits of improving that team. So. I think expectations are going to be pretty high coming into the fall for that team. Yep. All right, next one up. Michigan State with a class rank of 23 and a transfer class rank of 26. I think this these numbers do nothing for you as a Michigan State fan to ease the stresses and the concerns that last year brought. You have Peyton Thorne coming back, but a lot of people want Noah Kim to be the guy. You look at the transfers that you brought in and nobody really splashes like a Kenneth Walker. You don't see that guy in this class that's going to come in and just be able to take over some games. Michigan State didn't make a lot of coaching staff changes on the defensive side of the ball. And you are on the edge of your seat and you are nervous if you're a Michigan State fan. Because this doesn't look good. Coming off a five and seven season with a guy that you're pit, you pit, gave a $90, $95 million contract to. Yikes, man. I feel like they could they they could not make a bowl game mm-hmm. again. I think that is a very real possibility. If they don't if they don't make a bowl game again. That's an expensive buyout. Yeah. <laughs> no. Really, I think, I think he gets kinda, one more year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, 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 yep. But that's a that's a huge that's a huge, huge statement. Like I do think they're gonna make a bowl game. So I don't know. I think I think Michigan State has the chance to win. I think oh man, the East is so hard. Hold on. Here here's their schedule. Here's their schedule. All right. So they start off with uh with Central Michigan and Richmond wins. They have to play Washington again. Washington comes to them. Here here we go. Michael Penix Jr. Yes, Michael Penix Jr. So, okay. They're going to show that to the children. So so we're assuming Michigan State starts 2-0, okay? These are the rest of their games. Washington Huskies, Maryland Terrapins, Iowa Hawkeyes, Rutgers, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, Ohio State, Indiana, Penn State. You have to figure out a way to win seven. Like how many more wins are on that schedule? You got to figure I, out a way to win five Five of those. Like the gimmies on here are Indiana, maybe Minnesota. This is after they go 2-0. and This is after they Which go 2-0. and are they? Indiana, Minnesota, Rutgers. I don't think there's another gimme on that schedule. So there's there's six wins even right there. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think it's I don't think it's horrible to say win seven and then win a bowl game and win eight. 
but I think it's just as much of a possibility that they win just six, you know, and no one's going to be happy with that. No, I mean, you shouldn't be. Honestly, my expectation going into the season, if I was a Michigan State fan, would be you better get us to nine wins. Mm-hmm. Like I don't that. think there's any way that's happening, personally. Mm, I think they can beat Iowa. I think anybody can beat Iowa because they're bad. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll I see. Mean, but we'll see. I just, but, I just don't think the arrow's pointing up right now. He's got to get the recruiting stuff figured out. Let's just let's just call it you, what it you call it what it is. You, you gotta can't get rely on the portal. The yeah. portal cannot be the only pool that you're getting which, elite players. Right? Which we're talking about Michigan State and saying that Michigan is in that exact same boat. I don't want to hear people saying, "Oh my gosh, you guys are just talking bad about Michigan State." Michigan is in that exact same boat. They're just having success in the meantime. Where yeah, MSU, so Michigan's MSU twenty twenty four class. Michigan's twenty twenty four class is going to be much better. So. Yeah, it's probably going to be top. Yeah, yeah right. It's be top ten class, right? But for MSU, you're not having the success in the meantime. Exactly. So that's why you get you get the major criticism because you just paid the man the the bag. You gave him the bag, and he won five games. So the pressure the pressure gets yeah. turned up now. And, and, and I do think no matter what happens this upcoming season, he's still there. Uh, barring something crazy, which we're not going to get into, but I, I I do think that he can make his seat very warm, or he can cool it way off. He can cool it way off if he goes out there and wins nine games, like they they are on on track, and then has let's say a top twenty recruiting class, like okay, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Peyton Thorne is bad. I said it last year. His play and the team backed it up. He's not going to win you football games until he does, until he's out of there or until they make a change. All right. I think we've exhausted Michigan State. Time to get to the big boys, the big three. Uh, Michigan's class rank nationally, speaking of teams that should be recruiting better, comes in at 18. Definitely, definitely disappointing. But their transfer rank comes in at 14, and they get guys – in the transfer portal at big positions of need. You get um, linebacker. Uh, yep, you get linebacker. I'm trying to look for his name here. Ernest Hausman from Nebraska. You get uh, offensive tackle from Stanford, an interior offensive lineman from Stanford, another interior offensive lineman from Arizona State. I think the expectation for Michigan offensive line-wise it's going to take a little bit of a step back, but it's not going to be nearly what it could have been because of the guys they've gone and gotten in the portal. They also got an edge rusher with Mike Morris leaving. Like I cannot, I, I really can't give Michigan a higher grade for the transfer portal class that they went out and got because they are filling in the spots that have been immediately vacant and there shouldn't be a huge drop off in talent. So you should be expecting these guys to get playing time immediately. I expect Michigan to have a top five O-line in the country. Obviously they've been, they've won the award for the best the last two seasons. Say what you want about whether or not they were this past year. I think they were. They were. 
but I, I think the expectation needs to be you stay top five. You have you have arguably the best running back duo in the country, um, and that needs to hold true throughout the entirety of the season. And la- I understand that it was a loss to TCU in the playoff, and he threw two interceptions, which was not okay, but with how you saw J.J. McCarthy can play in the last two games of this past season. I think you're looking at a quarterback who has the potential to play at a very, very, very high level, if not elite, in college football. So you have to protect him. You have to be able to run the football. Um, And as much as a weird, weird game that was against TCU defensively, with what you have coming in via the transfer portal on defense. Um, your expectation is simple. It, it's to win the Big Ten. Like that that, that it, it's to win the Big Ten. And it's I, I I haven't had this conversation with you guys yet, but the expectation for this Michigan football team needs to be to win the national championship. I've been saying that since the second the season was over. I'm yeah. I'm with you. And, and, and I'm and I'm I, I'm not hesitant to say it because you've tasted the success. You've won back-to-back Big Ten championships. It's time to get over the hump. And Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State, your three biggest contenders that are going against you, are all changing at the position that you aren't changing at, and that's quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And none of them have a definitive answer at that position right now. Not one of those three teams Dude. has a, we are locked and loaded, ready to go with this guy. The The combined experience between those three programs at, at quarterback right now is maybe like 10 games total combined. So, your expectation as a Michigan football fan heading into this season with what you just got in the transfer portal, it, it needs to be a national championship. And I know we're talking more about recruiting, but that's what recruiting is for. I'll keep it brief. Uh, I, Given that they have been the best offensive line uh, two years in a row, um, I have full faith in the offensive linemen transfers that they're going to bring in, thinking that they're not going to skip a beat in that department. I think the offense is going to be the best in the Big Ten. And it should be, given what you are coming back with, with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. And I think it's going to be more dynamic. Is it going to be a lot of the same, like, ground and pound? Yes. But now there's going to be even more opportunity for big runs because you have to respect J.J. McCarthy. Showed shown by what he did against Ohio State and then also you know, putting up however many points it was in that semifinal game, albeit whatever we want to think of it. Uh, defensive line and linebackers, they seem to have retooled. I am a little, uh, not a little, I'm pretty concerned about the secondary. You have Sanders still. You have maybe the best cornerback in the Big Ten, if not, you know, top five in the country. Who else? You're going to have to get somebody to step up because you were trying to get some of these cornerback, these high prospect or high graded prospect uh, cornerback transfers and you couldn't get any of them right now. So if you have to put a black eye on anything with Michigan's recruiting this offseason, it's at the cornerback position because 
teams are just going to – if if you have a hole there, teams are just simply not going to throw to, to Will. They just won't. Yep. Uh, something to note, too, the recruiting class itself is down in the national rankings of teams – sorry, I said that so poorly – when you rank teams nationally based on the percentage of returning production from last year, Michigan ranks fifth Should in the country. I, Corum is Corum coming back was unbelievable. He was their team for eighty yes, percent of the year. He was the team. Yep. So you shouldn't feel the hit that that kind of recruiting class would normally be for a team playing at Michigan's level right now. Okay, next one up, Penn State coming in with a recruiting class rank of. 13, a transfer rank of 50. Just want to highlight a couple of players in each of these types of classes because the one thing that a lot of people have said for years now about James Franklin, the trenches are not where they need to be. The offensive line play has not been where it's needed to be for them to take the next level as a program. Well, you got your star offensive tackle to somehow stay away from the NFL draft that he would have been a first-round pick and come back to your team. And then what do you do? This 13th-ranked recruiting class, the top two players, offensive tackle, interior offensive lineman. And then you go to the transfer portal. You've got a four-star corner in Storm Duck coming from North Carolina to step in and hopefully be a Joey Porter replacement. Maybe not that good, but it's a stopgap. You've got a dope wide receiver in Dante Cephas, who's got a four-star ranking from Kent State. He's ranked as he's graded as a 92 in the 24-7 portal right now. Uh I think, guys, Penn State. If it's not this year, then when? Right? For them to make a big run and get themselves in the Big Ten title game, or at least second in the Big Ten East. If not now, then when? I think I think finishing second in the Big Ten East should be the expectation for Penn State this year. And it all does depend on how Drew Aller is, too, their big five-star quarterback. Basically, they're J.J. McCarthy. Um, but I think that's the expectation, or what it should be. It's going to come down to the quarterback play for Penn State. Like you said, Alex, I don't think there's anything else to say. You know what the running backs can do. Um, you know how they can retool the defense. It's the trenches and the quarterback play. Um, and they got, you know, several years of, I can't even remember his name anymore because he's gone for Clifford. Yes. Cause he, I had to erase him from my memory, just given the amount of ineptitude, not ineptitude, but just lackluster play, I guess. Maybe I'm being too hard. I don't know. I'm going to edit this out. I'm speaking nonsense. Um, Drew Aller, you're the X factor. If you succeed, Penn State is incredibly scary. If you don't, it's going to be the same story. Yeah, I mean, they they have the potential to be a playoff team. I think that says everything you need to know about Penn State. Like, But they don't ever live up to expectations, so I expect them to lose three games. Especially with their... Three- Especially with their lose, stupid bum of a head coach. If they lose three games, if they lose three games, uh, here's an actual, uh, a really good question. I know we're going long on time too, but so I feel like Penn State's window right now with the age of Drew Aller and the age of their tandem running backs and the age of these offensive linemen they've got, I feel like their window 
is the next two years. So if you do fall under expectations this year, do you really think that they will can James Franklin? Or do you think they wait and give him this last year of a championship-type window that you think they'd have? If they if, if they lose how many games? If they do what you said and go 9-3 and three in the regular season. No, they won't fire him if they go 9-3. and three. That's what they expect at Penn State. 9-3. <laughs> <Nine and> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, honestly, honestly, I think a 9-3 and three season out of Penn State this year makes his seat very hot. I, I agree with that. I think they'd give him I one think, more year, but it would be... I think he has be... one more after that. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. Because you, I don't, I don't think, I think you can it's fire kind of the same your, story. I don't think you can fire him with your five-star quarterback hanging in the balance after a year, given how fluid the transfer portal is. No, he would, he would go. Yeah, yeah, he would. All right, uh, Ohio State national class rank of fifth, transfer rank of forty-eighth. Their their class ranking of five though is a little bit deceiving because their average player rating is actually third of the country behind only Alabama and Georgia. So they didn't get a ton of commits, but the commits they got were studs. Um, Only one five-star, which is actually rare for them, but this is still an awesome class, even though it may not be up to usual Ohio State standards. It is an awesome class. They got a really needed player out of Ole Miss to come play – Come play corner for them in the transfer portal. Should be a guy that steps into place right away. Really hard time pronouncing they, that name, so I'm not even going to try. They need help in the secondary, that's for sure. Desperate help in the secondary. Um, so they have players that are going to come in and play right away from the portal and from the class, specifically at wide receiver, who, who would have thought. Um, I, I don't really know the, to what to say about them because – you just got to see who's playing quarterback. You're losing so much. I, I I mean, you're losing so much. You're losing your offense. Like your your offense is gone. Your offense is gone. And and we had multiple conversations before this season started, and a couple of weeks into the season that like, oh my gosh, they might have the best offense college football has ever seen. That did not come to fruition. Not even close. So and and now you and now you got to replace it all. I I, I mean Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., C.J. Stroud, like like, no Marvin Harris, Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison. I'm sorry, he's back because he has to be. But actually, two guys that people aren't like really going to talk about a lot. Both of their starting offensive tackles. Yeah, gone, gone. So I, I I mean. You are replacing a lot on the offensive side of the ball. So it really, for me, is a wait and see. Because are they going to be good? Yeah, of course they're going to be good. They're, are, they're going to be they – are, they are going to win 10 games just because of the level they're of talent that they have on their team. Yeah, just like Alabama and just like Georgia. They, they're just going to win 10 games because they have that much talent. They can out-talent 95% of teams in college football. So it's just, what are they going to do with those 
what are they going to do in those three games against? Uh, they have to play. They have to play Michigan. They have to play at Michigan. Uh, they have to play at Michigan. They have to play Penn State, and then they play. Um, who do they play in the non-conference this year? Well, they play Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Thank you. In Sorry, Sam Hartman. So those three games, those three games right there, that's your season. Like, it it was very much that way for Michigan this past year, where it was like, okay, you've got you've got three games on the schedule. What are you going to do in those three games? And they just happened to win them all, you know. So, um, it very much is going to be that way for Ohio State, and I could see them going zero and three in those games. I could see them going three and zero in those games, but. It is my honest opinion is that they'll go one and two, and they'll go ten and two in the regular season. That's that's and that is just because of the sheer. It's one of those turnover years, and I don't want to hear people coming out of the woodwork for Ryan Day and blah blah blah. It's just one of those turnover years where you're just replacing so much that you need to gain some experience, and then the and very the next season. Group? And the two position groups that you need to be a strength to complement a young quarterback being the running back room and the offensive line. The yeah. running back room will yeah. be awesome. You're it returning will, yeah. everybody. Yep. But your offensive line didn't dominate people last year. So I don't know what would ex- why you would expect them to suddenly do that, losing two guys who are going to be day one and day two NFL draft picks and yep. not replacing them immediately in the transfer portal. Yeah. I don't know what to think yeah, of Ohio so. State really right now because growing up in that, it was just the, the boogeyman. And now they've taken a couple of hits, not doing the thing that they were destined and designed to do for this past decade. Um, and they're at a bit of an impasse, I guess. I mean, they're going to be the cream of the crop until they play Michigan, Penn State. That's what it's going to be right now. And are they going to? I think they can lose to Notre Dame. Uh, they could because it's a road game. They have to go to Notre Dame early in the season. Those early in the season games are such yeah, a toss on the road, especially. I mean, look, even look at it this year. But you know what? They also they also just end up not mattering when it comes to making the playoffs. Yeah, so. that's true. You could lose that game and you could be completely fine because oh, you you you, yeah. you challenged yourself on the schedule, blah 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 blah, which no no SEC school ever does ever. But that's besides the point. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I I don't know what to think. I I I. There's a rumor in Ohio State circles of people I know that they were trying to offer C.J. Stroud a very lucrative NIL deal, somewhere upwards of fourteen million dollars to stay. So it's and it almost, it almost worked. worked. Yeah, they almost got him they, to stay. They, I heard it was. Se- I heard it was seventeen and million. That is crazy. Whatever. And. Yeah, but guess what? Guess what? Nothing compares to being the number two pick in the and NFL. That's draft. what I said to these people. So is is that deal a a res- <laughs> It makes you a lot more money than seventeen million bucks. Is that deal more a a comment on Stroud's ability as a quarterback or who they have in the wings that they don't want to play? I think uh, I think it's a combination. Yeah. 
I think it's, it's a, combination. Be a combination. Yeah, yeah. Because Stroud, Stroud might end up being the first quarterback taken, but by the time it's all said and done, to be honest, like he's that good. So yeah, it's going to be a Bryce Young, drop off. Bryce Young might measure at five ten, from what I'm hearing. Yeah. So if Bryce Young measures at five ten, we we got some. He's going to be a top five pick. Like, don't listen. <laughs> he's but there be will be conversations. Pick. There will be conversations. If he measures in at 5'10", we have problems. Yes. Uh, I've also just determined the podcast is going to be an hour and a half long, and I don't really care because I think this is, like, really good stuff that we're getting into right now. And we're also taking weeks off, so whatever. Uh, of course. Last point really I want to make about Ohio. It's your podcast, nerd. Wow. Conceited much? Idiot. Wow. Stupid head. Okay. La- last thing I want to okay all right okay last thing and we're wrapping it up on ohio state of the last two years they've been dominated in the trenches by michigan right if you look at their top eight transfers in their fifth ranked recruiting class right now one two three four of them are pass catchers. One is a defensive lineman, one is an offensive lineman, and two are corners. That ain't going to You have it. to you that have to fundamentally you have to fundamentally change the way that you recruit mm-hmm. if you are going to keep up with what Michigan's doing on the offensive line. You cannot just rely on we've got skill guys who are better than yours anymore. That worked when you were playing Don Brown. That worked when Harbaugh was trying to run a spread offense with Shea Patterson. But if this keeps up, you have to fundamentally change the way you approach recruiting because Brandon Innes, as good as he's going to be, he ain't going to block for you. Nope. So, yeah, and, and I think I think what you're seeing is and, – and college football is the most cyclical thing in sports. It really is. It, we we have seen the cycle over the past over the past twenty years, especially from let's spread it out, let's let's get speed everywhere, let's make sure that we have you know the fastest guy on the field. To okay, we gotta we gotta regain the trenches. We gotta be the best defensive line. We gotta be the best offensive line. And now I think you're settling into an area of there's a really healthy balance throughout college football. And just like in the pro game, in the NFL, the number one position on defense is edge rusher. You have to have high-end edge rushers on your team. And that's what it's become in college football. In college football, you've got to have guys who can rush off the edge. And uh, and if you don't have guys who can block that position, you're in trouble. And Michigan, time and time again, against Ohio State in the last two seasons has gotten after the quarterback off the edge. And it, you you aren't investing enough of your resources in building a solid foundation on the offensive line. So that's got to happen. It has to happen. All right. Next up on the docket, we are putting ourselves in the shoes of five-star recruits because – we never got to live out that dream because all of us were probably too busy stuffing our faces with 
Cheez-Its and staying up till two in the morning watching Friends. At least that's what I was doing. So each of us is going to give you, we were going to do top five, but podcast is already going long. Our top three schools that we are. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan. Uh, things are getting fiery, if you know what I mean, on Ethan's side of the laptop. Um, we're go- so we're gonna give you our top three schools that that would be our final three if we're a five star high school recruit coming out of school deciding on where we're going to college. So I already have my top three ready to go. I don't know about you two. Should I go first? I would kind of prefer if one of you two went first. No, 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 no. This is one of the this is one of the rare opportunities where we get to make you feel uncomfortable and make yeah. you go first. Idiot. You guys always wow. make me feel uncomfortable. Okay, I love you. I love you too. I'm in love with you. What? what? Oh god. Okay. All right, I'm going I'm going first. I'm going first. All right, here we go. At number 3 for me. This may surprise some people. Oh, uh PS None of us can pick the University of Michigan because obviously that'd be our number one. Okay, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Number three, the Tennessee Volunteers, oh. baby. Why? Just why go. Are you just go. Way? Explain your silly little thing. Just do it. Gross. Listen, the wife and I a couple of years ago had to drive down to Georgia for a wedding, and we made a little pit stop in Knoxville because I wanted to see. I wanted to see the campus. And they were booty cheeks at the time. You know, they weren't what Tennessee is now with Hypel. But I wanted to see it because it's a huge stadium, lots of history. Guys, that campus and that football stadium are beautiful. And when Tennessee is good, I mean, you saw what they did last year when they turned out for the Alabama game. Like, that stadium was hype and do I worry about how the Tennessee orange would clash with my skin tone? Of course I do. But I think it would just be so cool to run out in that stadium. Beautiful campus in Knoxville. Tennessee is a great place to live. Tennessee's number three on my list. At number two, I have the Florida State Seminoles. I don't know why. I've always loved Florida State. I loved him when Jameis Winston was there. Time, time out, time out, time out. That you, you're cheating off my homework. <laughs> you're cheating off my homework. Well, you let me go first, so now you're cheating off of me. Wow. <laughs> I Florida regret State my decision. Seminoles, man. I love their colors that like maroon, like burgundy and gold. Their jerseys are Hot. great. They have some of the best Hot. helmets in all of college Hot. football. So give me Florida State. And at number one on my list, I think I just might want to live in the state of Florida is what this is telling me. The Florida Gators. The tradition of the swamp. Tim Tebow was my favorite college football player growing up, non-Michigan player. I think that's a place that you kind of want to go and resurrect the program, you know, because you know it's possible. They're just surrounded by talent. Orange and blue, those colors pop. There's history. You know, Steve Spurrier, they won a couple of natties with Urban Meyer. I hate saying the name, but they did. And love the tradition, love the swamp. 
So give me Florida as the number one school for me if I was a five-star recruit. All right. So that's my list. Ethan, why don't you uh, why don't you go and bore everybody with your same old choices copying <laughs> off of me? I, I just I can't believe that you said Florida State. That's that's crazy. I definitely did not expect anybody to pick Florida State. Um so my number three school, and this is this is mostly because they they just don't have that like they don't have that pizzazz that a different school in the same state has, but I still just think it would be awesome to go there. And if I was a five-star recruit, just like be the man on the campus. And that is Texas tech. I think it would be really, really cool to be a Texas tech red Raider baby and to go out there and to just be the man. And you're in Texas and it's just, I just feel like Texas would just be a dope place to live, to be on campus and to be the B, the BMOC as, uh, as, um, oh, what's his name? Why can't I think of it now? IDK, but big man on campus. Yeah, big man on campus. Sorry. Um, I think Texas Tech would be an awesome, awesome place to be like, to be the man. Uh, so that's that. that's my number three. Number two, and this has a lot to do with what happened when Joey B went there. But my number two school is Good LSU. Choice. Good choice. Yep. LSU. Yep. I oh, mean, Dad. just come, come on. I, I mean, the Tigers. Their colors are awesome. the The atmosphere when when they are good is unreal. It's you know it's in a really really awesome location, and Death Valley. Death Valley. It's just unreal. I had a hard hard time choosing. I, I was I was thinking about possibly putting Clemson in my top three, but I decided you know what no I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Texas Tech, Texas Tech LSU like those two places just super I super. I think I know cool. what you're gonna pick. And I think number one, and then. Well, yeah. I mean, number one, I I already said it. Number one is uh, Florida okay, State. Never mind then. I, yeah, no, I I Florida State. I grew up. Florida State was my second team growing up. I always rooted for Florida State before Jameis Winston even got there. I rooted for Florida State. I I always liked Florida State. I think their their jerseys have always been awesome. They've gotten a little too complicated over the last few years. They they could they could tone it down a little bit, but the helmets, like you said, helmets are classic. They're awesome, awesome helmets, and obviously the environment at Florida State is just incredible. So those are my top three: Texas Tech, LSU, and then FSU. Um, all three South schools. I didn't want to. I, I wanted to stay away from the Big Ten. I if. If we, I, because I think we might do the same thing, top three in the Big Ten, aside from Michigan. Yes. We should, yeah, at, at some, some point. point. So I wanted to stay away from the Big Ten because I had I had one team from the Big Ten that I think might have might have cracked this list. But uh, those are my those are my top three. If I was a five star, and if I was a five star, I would want to be a five star linebacker. I'd want to be like 
the man on defense. Um, so there we go. Those are my top three. Okay, I'm cheating because I'm the editor and I can do what I want. I'm giving you five, but I'll be really quick about it. The two honorable mentions, I guess. Number five, West Virginia. Beautiful campus. Mountaineers, Mountaineers yeah. beautiful campus. They have an awesome campus. You've got, you've actually got a pretty underrated athletic program there because the basketball mm-hmm. team is always good and the football team has lost a step. But what else are those people in West Virginia rooting for? They're rooting for those Mountaineers, and I hear it's just one of the most beautiful places in the United States, or at least mm-hmm. on the East Coast. Is like, I can give you, if that would have been in your top three, I would have. I've thrown you mad respect. So your top three better be really good because I I'm kind of sad that they're not. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you the reason why number four. And I can't put them in the top three because I love doing horns down way too much. Give me UT baby, because you could be horrible and people will still show up to the games and you get all of the, you, you could be horrible at football as Alex had just said. And the Texas fans love you for whatever reason. Like, your team has given you no reason to cheer for anything at all, except, hey, we lost to Alabama at home by one point. Congratulations. Um, and plus, it's just, it's the history, it's the, the, it's the heritage, and the colors are sick. My sister went to a game earlier this year. She's like, uh, this place is dope. So I would think playing for that, for that team as well would be pretty nasty as well. Top three. Three is the most shocking. Give me, and I have no clue why more people don't go here. The University of Hawaii. Whoa. Listen, you have an island paradise. You are literally the (laughs) only team, the only thing that Hawaii sports fans can root for that is local. Yeah, you've got some. Oh, you mean all 11 people who live doesn't there? doesn't matter. You're in Hawaii. I don't think they're, I don't think the population of Hawaii is enough to fill Michigan. Who cares? Stadium. You're in Hawaii. You're done. That's not you're done true, with but... economics. You get to go surf. You get to go hammock in 80 degree weather. The food is incredible. And if you somehow, as a five-star, like you're a five-star quarterback and you play your tail off, you get Hawaii into the conversation of a New Year's Six Bowl? Are you kidding me? America's team instantly. Absolutely. True. True. Okay. I see it. I see it. I, I At first I was kind of struggling with it, but you know what? I respect it. I see it. I, I concede. It's a good pick. I think West Virginia is a better That's pick. Fine. But that's fine. And as and as a okay. Midwest kid, your entire school year spent in paradise, and then you get to go home for Christmas and it's all snowy, and then you get to go back and and that sounds that sounds incredible. Nice. Sounds so that's number nice. three. Number two. I hate to do it, but I love Southern California. Give me USC because another another oh. team uh, hold on. Hold on, I'm a quarterback here, so I'm going to be lighting the I'm going to be lighting the doors off of things, and I might win a Heisman Trophy for my team being horrible and not playing defense. I was going to say you're definitely not a five star. No, defensive absolutely not because the they wouldn't even. It's like what's what's defense? They wouldn't recruit you. Yeah, what's you. defense? I, I, 
this is this is strictly if I'm a quarterback. I win a Heisman. I'd be I would be the big man on campus if you bring USC, a Southern California team, back to prominence. Oh goodness, perhaps, perhaps I don't know. Plus, I I do think the color scheme is pretty cool for USC. It is. I will say I will say USC classic. Jerseys. And I and classic. I will say. I was considering UCLA, it's, but UCLA it's has not no the, fan it's base. not the it's not the baby blues of no, UCLA. Is, UCLA has no they fans. They have no fans. Well, UCLA has well, I no play fans. in front of who? USC USC barely has. That's fans. okay, but because of me, we're going to have fans, and we're going to get back to college football prominence. Number, but UCLA really doesn't. Have number fans. one, and you guys should see this coming. <laughs> it's the combination of everything that I hold near and dear. It's competitive balance. It's gear and it's also a great location i've learned i've come to know oregon it is the oregon ducks i've come to figure out about myself that going to school in grand rapids it's a very like the west side of state of michigan is very beautiful like outdoorsy i'm not an outdoorsy person but i've come to appreciate the outdoors a little bit more what is more beautiful than the wilderness of of Oregon. oregon and then Eugene or I get I get a New Jersey every week. Look at that rack. Look at it. It's full. That was He's not talking about a woman. He's pointing at I'm his pointing jersey, at the jersey rack, rack in his I get room. I get to fill that rack. People, I get to fill that rack once listen, a year with the jersey. They don't repeat. Listen. Listen people. This guy is so obsessed with jerseys. And the fact that Oregon, even though most of them are hideous and their numbers are way the too numbers big, are weird. I, way I, too I would, big. I, way as, too big. As my NIL deal, I'd be like, "Hey, we got to fix the numbers, and then I'll come here." That's what I. That's what I would uh, offer. Say, fix the numbers, and no, I'm good. No, you know what? The owner of Nike has absolutely screwed that school so many times. I'm sorry. I just, yeah, I get it. You'd have a big payday. Your number one pick, really. And it doesn't surprise me because of the whole Jersey thing. It doesn't surprise me. But it's it's but location. I too. just... I, I really do appreciate, like, the the Pacific okay. Northwest, like, like, area because of what okay. I experienced on the west side of the state of Michigan. One quick thing. One quick thing I'm going to add to this. I want all three of us quickly, quickly, and I'll go first. To give a Big Ten school, one Big Ten school that you would add to your list. I will go first. And obviously mine would be Nebraska. I mean, come on, kiddos. You're talking about an electric fan base. This team comes out, this, this fan base comes out and supports their team when they are absolute trash. Imagine going there as like a five star QB. And bringing that team back to prominence, I mean, just unbelievable. I don't think you could make an argument for a better one than than Nebraska. But I'm interested to hear yours. And if you guys both have the same one, that's fine. But I want to hear yours. Alex, okay, I'll go. Um, That's really hard. Because what do you want? Do you want a clear path to to the – to the Big Ten Championship, or do you want like heritage? Um, Penn State. I want to bring a school. Penn back. State. I want to bring a school. Penn back. State would be really, really cool. Ooh. You get you get that same okay. vibe of like Michigan Stadium with with Beaver Stadium about a comparable 
um, a comparable yeah. game day yeah, atmosphere. Big. A whiteout playing yeah. in a whiteout would have to be one of the coolest things. Oh yeah, especially at night under the lights. Yes. And then you know what? I want to be good in basketball in this scenario, and I want to be a two-way player, and I want to bring Penn State basketball back as well. Well, that's not a realistic. Well, thing, you're so done. We're not. Us being five-star athletes is unrealistic, and you're telling me that's too unrealistic? Okay, thanks. <laughs> it's more realistic than Penn State basketball. Back. Uh, my Big Ten school, and this may be just recency bias because I think they're going to play in Indy next year, the University of Wisconsin. Give me, give me jump around. I want to feel jump around in person i want to feel the stadium shake around me i want to feel the ground beneath my feet like it's an earthquake they have some pretty cool you could argue they're plain but they have pretty cool jerseys they are an under armor school which gives them a couple points but definitely better than adidas definitely better than adidas and they have a good amount of tradition i i think personally you know, from the waist down is always where I do my best work. Wink, wink. So I think I'm a five-star running back, and I'm I'm furthering the legacy, except I'd be the first white one, so that'd be pretty cool. Put some respect on Christian. I like it. Well, I know, but all right. Uh, last quick question, because I told uh, Lord Liam that we would get his fan question in on the pod. The most interesting position group in the Big Ten can be for any team. Corey. Sticking with the theme, Penn State running backs. Let's see if they can carry over that success. Can they be the number two class behind uh, Michigan's? Because Michigan's undisputed. I know we're Michigan slappies. I get that. But given the caliber of player that we've seen those guys play at, who's number two? And honestly, I want to see how close Penn State can get. I got one for you, and it's what we just talked about. Ohio State's offensive line mm-hmm. just talked about them. I, I, I mean, you're going to have a brand-new quarterback back there throwing the football. I, I, you're losing both of your tackles. What is off? What is Ohio State's offensive line going to look like? So I, I'm really interested to see how that's going to go for them and definitely would be going into the season what I would say is going to be my biggest – as far as position group goes, it's the most important group on on your offense, uh, without question. So, for me, it's going to be Ohio State's offensive line. Uh, I'm also sticking with the school that I was just talking about. It's the Wisconsin QB room for me. You've got Nick Evers and you've got Tanner Mordecai probably being the one and two uh, going into spring who are going to battle it out for that position. I think – the level of quarterback play that they get is going to be the difference between whether or not they go to Indianapolis or not, because the rest of the roster, the rest of the roster seems to have either filled out or they're just bringing back guys who are awesome. Like Braylon Allen at running back. And they're going to have a great defense again. They just are because they always do. So the quarterback room at Wisconsin, very, very interested to see who wins the job there. All right, boys. This was a long one. Lord Liam, I appreciate you. You're super engaged on social media, and I hope you make it to the end of this episode so you hear your shout-out. Uh, thank you so much 
for everyone for listening. This is a long one again, but I thought this content was really good and I love talking about this stuff and they do too. So hope you love listening. Subscribe, Apple, Spotify, follow us on Instagram at Big Show Pod. That's where we do uh, our best, not our best work because this is our best work, but in some terms of social stuff, that's where we get our best engagement. So thank you for listening. Uh, it's going to be a long off season, but we're all in this together. We're going to we be here. through it. Listen, we're not going to be posting every week, but when we do post, you might get a little bit of a longer episode like this. We love and appreciate you all. Lord Liam, want to shout you out. You're always engaged. I see it. We all see it. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate it. Thank you all. Go Peace. Big Ten. See you.